I can. Everybody else hear me? They probably on mute. Yes, sir. Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Okay. All right. All right. Good. Yes, good. 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 Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. We well, all know at the end of the meeting, we're going to make comments. You're going to have to take it off mute by star six and or just if you put it on mute, too, you can take it off your own mute. All right. Well, let's go for it tonight. Amen. Get ready to uh, launch for tonight, amen, and amen, and amen. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'd like to welcome everybody tonight to the uh, Tuesday night Bible study where we're partnered with our River of Life partners here with Pastor Thomas and Associate Pastor, co-pastor Joe Rich up in Maryland area there, and all of our partners friends that are on tonight, brothers and sisters in Christ, we just welcome all of you tonight, uh, even our brothers and sisters uh, that are part of the New Freedom uh, Christian Ministry uh, Church family tonight is on tonight. So we welcome all of you. Uh, thank God for you being a part of our extended family. Amen. And we give God praise tonight and just like to welcome you. And also this particular broadcast or uh, uh, teaching tonight will also be going out on over 40 platforms, around 45 different platforms out there. We have listeners that will be playing this and listening to this and benefiting from this word, and we just thank God for that. We have over 8,000 and about 8,600 8, 8, people right here on our local one podcast, uh, and so we have 45 podcasts. This is going out all over the place, all over the world, in other countries, uh, all across the United States and our seven territories. We have uh, podcasts out, uh, access out there to reach all of them with this teaching. And so, amen. And so we want to make sure that we're muted up so we don't have all that noise and background noise. Please wait until I'm completely finished with the teaching. Before you take it off podcast, I'll give you a signal uh, to come. I mean, move mute, so I'll give you a signal to come back in. All right, so let's begin tonight with the word of prayer as we go into the teaching. Father God, in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus, we come to you right now, Father God. Father God, tonight, hungry and thirsty for more of your word, for more of your teaching, for more of your wisdom, for more of your knowledge, so that we don't perish for a lack of knowledge, and we don't perish because we have no vision, because we have no knowledge. And so we give you the praise tonight open up our understanding, that we may understand the times that we're living in, that we may be able to put forth an effort and redeem the times because the days are evil. And so, Father, we thank and praise you right now that we would be able to learn this word tonight, be able to understand this word tonight. We need you, Father, to give us ears to hear and eyes to behold and see wondrous things that this word is published tonight from your plan of salvation. Father, help us tonight, Lord God, to just understand this word, to gravitate to this word, and to allow this word, Lord God, to enter into our hearts that we might hide it there, that we might not go from this all tonight to sinners and confused. So we give you praise. We give you glory. Let your word go forth now and fall on good ground. Let it not return back to you void. Let it go out and succeed in the purpose for which you sent it. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for your word tonight. Now, Holy Ghost, I ask you to help me. I submit myself to you now. I ask you to help me bring everything back to my remembrance that I've studied and prepared and then shed new light, open up new revelations and unveil new 
want to begin tonight by uh, just prefacing uh, from last week. Uh, we talked about there is coming to the earth, uh, you know, a uh, and to God's people, a new restoration where God promises, promises is to make all things and he himself will perform his covenant in every generation to include this current one. His promises do a new thing, you know. He will build his kingdom here on earth, which is a spiritual kingdom, and then it will manifest in the earthly kingdom. It, uh, to get uh, us into this kingdom, or to understand this kingdom, or to operate and function as citizens of this kingdom, we've got to get a godly, spiritual kingdom mindset, especially the leaders of God's flock. Please put the phone on mute. I don't know why y'all do this every time. Put your phone on mute. Please, put your phone on mute. Thank you. Kingdom mindset, especially as God's leaders, so we don't end up missing or leading God's people astray or away from God, which saying to us, says the Lord. Uh, scripture says in the book of Isaiah, chapter uh, 43, verse 18 through 19, and the reason we're going over this teaching is because God has spoken and said that even in the midst of this coronavirus, all these other economical, educational, religious systems, all of these, uh, you know, these different educational systems, these different uh, systems that we're dealing with, uh, the four that make up the four dynasties, uh, you know, they're the ones that are having so much fallout and so much uh, uncertainty, and it's affecting people. You got the government, you got the education system shaking up right now. They don't know whether to go back to school. Some of the teachers saying they don't want to go back in the fall. But it just got crazy out there right now. Some of the pastors right now are all for going back into churches, opening them up. 50% of them are saying, no, we don't want to because we don't want to expose the people to any, un, you know, un, uh, some, un, any risky, uh, you know, breakout in the church. So you got so much mixed emotion out there, so much mixed feelings out there. So we really got a mess in, the, in what we call the religious systems, and the government is trying to get their hand in there and dictate to the people what they think they should do. And so those four dynasties have really kicked in right now. The government is failing us. The educational system is unstable right now. Religious folks out there right now, 50-50 split out there. The economy right now is so uncertain. They're talking about messing with our Social Security and all our other benefits. So you got a mess out there right now. But in the midst of all of this, Man is still not in control. God is still in control. He has not relinquished his responsibility as the greatest leader. He's the sovereign God and creator. He owns everything, the earth, the fullness thereof, they that dwell therein, the cattle of a thousand fields. The Bible said it all belongs to God, the silver, the gold. God is still on that throne, and he's still in charge. He's still the Lord of the universe. And so he will have the final and the only say about how things doesn't matter how you start, but it always matters how you end. And he said the end of a thing is going to be better than the beginning of a thing. And we're seeing that now, amen, as he prepares for his second coming. And so let me read this verse of scripture with you to get us kicked off tonight. It's in the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19 in the King James Bible. And it says this, it says, remember ye not the former things. In other words, God wants us to forget all those things that are behind us and begin to reach and press toward the things that are before us. And 
All we have to do is take the lessons from what we learned, from what our former generations, former ancestors, what they learned and what they passed on and taught us, we remember those lessons. If we don't, we're subject to repeat the same mistake and end up in the same spot that we were. And to me, that's insanity. So he's saying, remember those, don't, he said, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old, okay? Only the lessons that we learn, so we don't repeat the same mistake. Behold, I, he says, will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now in the midst of this coronavirus, now in the midst of all this pandemic, all that's going on right now with these shakeups and these four dynasties right now in the church, in the government, in the schoolhouse, in the church house, also in the economy. There's a shakeup. But look at what he's saying. It will spring forth. Look at what he says. Shall ye not know it? Yes, if you if you in this word, if you're seeking after God, if you want to become knowledgeable of what is going on, so you don't perish for a lack of knowledge, according to the book of Hosea, chapter four, verse six, and a lack of vision, according to the the, the, the book the, the book of a uh, Amen of of uh, Proverbs, chapter twenty nine, verse eighteen. He says it right there. You know, shall ye not know it? Yes, Lord, we're not going to perish because we're learning tonight. We're learning every time we get on on Monday night, Tuesday night. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, constantly every morning. We're learning, Lord. And he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so this language uh, fitted the current day that they were living in as the prophet Isaiah prophesied of what was going to take place. And when he uses this language talking about a way in the wilderness, wilderness uh, is symbolic of a hard place. And we're all in a hard place right now. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care who you are, what race, culture, background, creed, sexual orientation. I don't care who you are right now. Boy, girl, man, woman. doesn't matter what color you are. doesn't matter all those things right now. It's because we're all in this hard place together. Nobody has any advantage right now. We may think we do because I can walk around with a big old tragedy cause and weapon on my shoulder. I think I'm a tough guy, tough girl. It doesn't matter. God could open up the earth and swallow all that mess up like that in one breath. So it doesn't matter. That doesn't give you any uh, any advantages with God. Because he said, if you live by that sword, you're going to die by that sword. But God is looking for a day when men will lay down their weapons, lay down their swords, and the lion and the sheep will dwell together. You know, that's what God is looking for. You know, he's looking for peace on earth. Amen. And he needs everybody to buy in. And look at what he says. I will even make a way in the wilderness. He is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Okay, he's a mighty God. He's our God. He's the light of the world. And won't he do it? He's done it before. And that's the thing we have to hold on to, what God has done before. He has a perfect track record. He's an expert in turning around what the devil meant for our bad and working it out together for our good. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28. He says, we, we know that he'll work those things. But in the meantime, nothing is separating us from the love of God. We still have a roof over our head. We still got clothes on our back, shoes on our feet in our covenant, we still are, are being blessed by the Lord. And mercy every morning is brand new. New mercy every morning. Grace and truth still meet together. Deciding some benefits that's going to fall your way. You know, and so it, 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 he's making a way. And then it says rivers in the desert. Amen. Every desert spot in your life. In other words, where you might think this over here is dried up in this relationship, you may think, okay, my job is kind of shaky right now. You may think, I'm gonna, I'm not going back to teaching. It's like a desert. You're in a dry place right now. Your income is 
ability, capability, his drying up, you know, relationships are falling apart, you know, you're grabbing for straws. It seems like you out in the desert, man, and you need you need some refreshing, you need some renewing. And the Lord is saying that I'm going to restore all things. I'm going to make all things new. Even in the desert, there shall be a river. He said there shall be rivers. Okay, rivers of blessings. Amen. Rivers of blessings, says Lord. So how? I, I don't see it, God. He said, did I not promise it to you? And will I not make it good? I'm a covenant-keeping God. Where is your faith? I do things and allow things sometimes to happen like that, to occur like that. So I didn't cause it, but I allow it so that people would see it's an opportune time for God to act, for God to move, to teach us that we shall not live by bread alone or by material things, but we should live by every word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's what he's trying. That's the river he's talking about. That knowledge is going to flood us. You know, that knowledge is going to fill us because he said, they that hunger and thirst for his righteousness shall be filled. I think that's in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. So there is that overflow coming. There is that feeling coming. Please put your phone on mute. Put your phone on mute, please. Put your phone on mute, please. Please, please. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Please put your phone on mute. And then he goes on in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 4 through verse 6, the King James Bible. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write. This is what Jesus told John as, 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 as the angel of the Lord came and appeared to John out on the Isle of Patmos. He said, Write, for these words are true and they are faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. And he said unto me, It is done. This is what Jesus said. The conversation went to John. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, I know the end and the beginning. Nothing catches me by surprise. I already had a plan of salvation in place. I already made a covenant to be able to deal with these end-time things that were going to happen. He goes on to say, And I was given to him, that is a third of the fountain of the water of life freely. Because you're going to go through some dry places. You're going to go through some hard and difficult places. But if you would still hunger and thirst for his righteousness, he said, You shall be but he wants you to drink of a water that you'll never thirst again, and that is spiritual water. You know, no other water like that water. It'll quench every thirst. You know, eat that word. It'll become joy and rejoicing to your heart. According to the book of Jeremiah, chapter uh, 15, verse 16, Jeremiah had to depend on that word. He said, I, I found that word. It was found by me. I did eat, and it has become a joy and a rejoicing in my heart and in my soul. He wanted to give up, y'all. He was under so much pressure, he wanted to give up. It seemed like nothing was working. He was really in a wilderness, powerful man of God, called from his mother's womb. But he was about to give up and throw in the towel. Couldn't, couldn't take it no more. Trying to find him somewhere to go hide. He wanted to run away. But the Lord said, I called you. So he sanctified him. Amen. Sanctified him. Showed him a vision where God's temple, God's train filled the temple and told him, reminded him, 
where I call you from your mother's womb. You can't give up. Because a lot of us are in that same boat. You might think you're on this line just because you bumped into us or our paths crossed. I believe every one of you are on an assignment from God to be on this line and be uh, connected to each other the way that we are. I don't think this is no coincidence. Uh, I, I think that you are part of my, my, my spiritual, biological family. Amen. So I thank God for you. Amen. And so look at what he's saying right there. You can drink this water freely. It's the water of life. You'll never thirst again. You don't have to pay for this. You don't have to beg for money for this. You ain't got to go to no cash app. I don't have no cash app for you to go to to send me nothing for this because you can't buy this. This is free right here. Freely given and freely you have to receive it. So let's go a little further here in the book of Isaiah chapter 65, verse 16 through 18 in King James Bible. It says this to continue this argument that there is a restoration coming to God's people like never before. God's going to do a new thing even in the midst of all that's going on right now that looks dark. It, it looks hard, it's difficult, it looks like a wilderness, it looks like a dry place right now, but there's fresh water coming, there's fresh rain coming, and the latter rain is going to be better than the former rain, <laughs> even as it's raining outside right now. We're never going to see a rain like the rain that was promised. We just got to keep looking to the hill to see that cloud begin to form over us, and it will. Every time you look at the word, you got to see that latter rain cloud getting a little bit bigger, amen. And it's going to be proportionate enough, amen, to create rivers in those dry places in our lives. That's going to be, those dynasties are going to open up and begin to release blessings. God's going to turn that thing around in the education system. He's going to turn that thing around in the economy. He's going to turn that thing around in these religious institutions. He's going to turn that thing around in the government because the government is his government. It's upon his shoulder. Everybody that's in authority, there's no authority that be that God does not allow it. He said, I hold the heart of the king in my hand, and I will turn it whatsoever way I will. I'm standing on that promise. I've forgotten about the old things. I'm standing on that promise, and we're going to see the wicked be taken down, and we're going to see the righteous be exalted. That's what he said. Why? It's because God does not delight in his people being tormented. He said, look, when the righteous are in charge, the people prosper, and they rejoice. But when the wicked are in charge, the people mourn and they are tormented. That's in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter chapter uh, 29, I want to say. Uh, I'm sorry, that's in Proverbs 29 and verse 1 and 2. Amen. And so we know it's going to happen. But let's look at what he says right here through the prophet Isaiah in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 16 through 18 in the King James Bible. He says that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. Don't be out there, man, accumulating all this stuff and not bless it. And bless yourself and then just leave it right there. No, bless yourself and let God bless you to be a blessing to someone else. And when you bless yourself, make sure you base it on the truth. Don't just go out there because the world makes you a bunch of promises and get caught up in that system. And it's not based on truth. It's just based on gain. And any gain you gain in an ungodly way on your own ability and strength, it's really not gain at all. Gain is the thing that God promises you that you can say, the blessings of the Lord make me rich, and he added no sorrow. That's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22. That's when you can consider yourself blessed, when he blessed you his way, when he adds you because you're seeking first his way of doing things that we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, so you can bless yourself and base it on God's truth. That's so important, doing it his way that he will add these things. Amen. Because his blessings make you rich, plenty, full. 
lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken, more than enough, overrunning, overflowing, filled to the full, you know, your every need. And that's the kind of blessing that he gives. And he said, shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. You got to swear, make sure it's by God's truth, nothing else. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hid from mine eyes. Think about that. God has washed away our sins. And all those things that are behind us that we learned a few minutes ago, forget those things. Paul said, forget those things that are behind you and reach, strive, and press for those things that are before you in Christ Jesus. Because Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 62, said, if any man, it could be a woman, anybody, look back where you came from, where God brought you from, and put your hand to the plow, you become unfit for the kingdom of God. So you're in the kingdom now, amen, by sonship, or by adoption. So stay in the kingdom. Don't let nothing out here appeal you or tempt you to take your eyes off of God and, and lose your hope in him. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 29, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says this, Jesus is talking, and he says, I know my thoughts towards you. They are not thoughts of evil to do harm to you, to bring harm to you, to punish you, you know, before time. He says, no, my thoughts towards you, they're good. They're thoughts of peace to bring you, listen to what he said, to bring you, that means God is performing the action, bring you, okay, if you want to go. Bring you if you want to follow after him. Bring you to an expected end. God expects for us to end victorious. And along the way, he's going to bless us with his truth. He's going to sanctify us continuously. So anything that we get from God, it's going to have a permanent effect on us. It's not going to be temporary. It's not going to fall through the cracks. It's going to cause us to be blessed, plenty and full, or complete, you know, more than enough, a whole blessing. You know, spiritually, physically, financially, any kind of way you think about it. Okay? And he's saying to bring you to an expected end, to give you, there it is now, if he's bringing you, he's going to give you a hope and the future. And so that's what he's promising us. And so this prophet is really saying this outright here. He says, and because they are hid from thine eyes right now, but that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We got the promise of God to hold on to it till they manifest. Amen. And he's going to use his word to restore these things to us. He's going to fulfill his promises in every generation. He's going to make sure his covenant is established with his people. You can count on that. He says, for behold, I create a new heaven. I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Lock that out. Renew your mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. I'm doing a new thing, says God. I'm going to create it all over again. Make it like it ought to be. But behold, he's saying, fix your eyes on this. See, lock. Focus on this. Meditate on this. Pay attention to this. Don't forget this. Put this away. I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. That's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we need to keep our eyes on her as we pray for her. Because if we begin to see things, that's a that's a gateway to what's going to take place. When we begin to see these things manifesting in in. In, uh, in Israel and Jerusalem over there, in that holy ground, it's still holy land, then we need to know that it's pertaining to us too. We're next. We've been engrafted in uh, to that good olive branch. We were the bad olive branches. 
first the gospel was presented to the Jews, they rejected it, and then it was presented to the Gentiles. And we are the Gentiles, saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, but a gift from God. So we are heirs to the kingdom. We're heirs to the promise. We're heirs to the promise that he made to Abraham, and we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So whatever God promised our elder brother Jesus, he promised us too. We are joint heirs of that kingdom, of that promise. So let's go a little further, right? And a lot of it hadn't manifested yet, so that means it's yet before us. That's why he said, I'm going to restore. I'm going to rescue my people. I'm going to replenish the earth. I'm going to make things like they're supposed to be. I know what's best for you. And God said, in my time, and it will happen. It will occur. You know, don't doubt God, but believe that he's going to do what he said he was going to do because he made us a promise. Be like Abraham over in the book of Romans chapter 4. Abraham believed, and God accounted righteous before him and used him to bless many nations, and he's still blessing folks today. That promise of Abraham is ours right now because of his faith, and he believed, and God accounted as righteousness, and God the one who told him he was going to bless him and make him a father of many nations. Amen. So let's go right here now to the book of Ephesians. Okay, we're in the Gentile portion of this thing. Now, we done looked at what the prophets foretold, the Isaiah, the Jeremiah. Now we're getting into Paul's teaching to remind us as the Gentile nation that's been converted under grace. Amen. Let's look at what Paul is encouraging us with right now that applies and applicable to us right now going forward in the book of Ephesians. Look at this letter, this epistle he wrote to the Ephesian church at Ephesus, amen, in the second chapter, verse 12 through 22 of the King James Bible. We're talking about restoration now. We're talking about what God is going to do, a new thing. He says that at that time ye were without Christ. Remember that time he was without Christ, but don't stay there too long. Don't dwell on that. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Israel was separated, Jews were separated, we were separated until the gospel came and was presented to us, the Gentiles. All we could do was look at the Jews rejecting him. But then he says, go now and preach it to the Gentiles. And thank God that Paul and all those other apostles wrote these epistles, man, that we now can go and look at what belongs to us, what's rightfully ours through adoption. God is adopting us into the family of God, adopting us, giving us the way through Jesus Christ, believing in him, his finished work on the cross, paid the price now that we can have access to grace by faith and salvation. That gets us into the kingdom. That's our ticket right now. We're in the kingdom right now spiritually, but we got to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling to stay and remain in the kingdom until the Lord come back to this earth and restore that kingdom on this earth, and he's going to do it in Jerusalem. Amen. And we're going to be in a different body. We're going to take off this old corruption and put on incorruption. This old mortality and put on immortality. That's the only way we're going to be able to see Jesus. And it does not yet appear what we're going to be. But this one thing that we do know, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And we shall see him really the way that he is. And at that time, the kingdom as we see it now, this age is going to pass away. And God's going to institute and manifest his kingdom. Of that kingdom, there will be no end. And we will forever be with the Lord. And so this is what Paul is setting us up for right here. He says, and and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we were at before Jesus came and saved us. But now, listen at this, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God for the shed blood of Jesus. Thank God for that blood which applies to our lives because that death angel passed over, man. He 
still passing over the day because if you confess with Jesus Christ and you believe that God has, has sent him to shed his blood for the remission of our sins and bear those stripes for the healing of our bodies, then my God, you're covered right now, man. The death angel is passing over you. It's not time. Amen. Let you step outside of that cover, that covering. Amen. He says, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us. We don't have to go to no priest right now. We are the priest. God has made us king and priest. We can go right into the presence of God right now, amen, boldly before his throne and present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God without a spot or without a wrinkle. How do we do that? We ask God to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. As in First John chapter one verse seven through nine, if you have sinned, don't try to go in the presence of God with sin. Just ask and practice this every day. Ask God, put yourself un under every day. Put that flesh under. Surrender it dead every day, because you're going into the presence of the Lord boldly, clean hands, pure heart. You know, ask Him to create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right and a steadfast spirit, God, because I don't want to appear before you any kind of way insulting your holiness. So we have to be able to repent. All the time, live a life of repentant life. Don't be ashamed to repent. Ask your father to forgive you and have mercy on you. He'll do it. And this is what Paul is telling us right now. He's saying that wall has been broken, so now you don't have to go to a man or a woman. You go straight to Jesus. You are in his eyes a royal priesthood. You are a, a chosen generation, a holy nation under God, a peculiar people that you should come and offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, giving him thanks for your salvation right now, you know, boldly before the throne of God, because Jesus has removed that wall. That church was rent that hour that he gave up the ghost. They said the temple in, in, in the holy city was rent right straight down the middle where only the priest up until that time could go into the holies of holies and offer the blood on on the uh, altar on the ark of the uh, ark of the uh, covenant you know and 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 now that's been done away with we no longer need another man to go you now i now everybody now who believe in jesus can go in as a priest right now and it's a spiritual concept and it's a spiritual uh ministry that you have to understand it's all spiritual now amen and so that wall has been done away with it's been removed so we have open access right now through the blood of jesus through the sacrifice of jesus who went in once and for all and presented us with a newer and a more excellent way to get into the presence of God. And so it's been broken between us and him. No more separation. Look here. He says, having abolished in his flesh that enmity. What enmity, Pastor, that, that uh, God spoke about in Genesis 3.15 when he says that there will be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of God, meaning Jesus? That was all the way. That prophecy was prophesied all the way back there in Genesis 3.15. And here we see Paul bringing it up again, okay? It's been done away with, though. You know, he said, look, your heel shall bruise the head of the serpent, and the head of the serpent going to bruise your heel. That's always going to be that way. That's why you're going to still have that wilderness, that hard experience. You're going to still have that, that desert that's going to need the rivers of living water to flow through there. You're going to always need that. You always have to turn back to God. He said, even the law of commandment contained in ordinances, ordinances, things that told we had to do in order to be ceremonially clean, ritualistic stuff. All that's been done away with. It's been replaced. Okay, no longer gets us in the presence of God. No longer gets us restoration or healing or deliverance or salvation. He said, but to make in himself, listen to this, to make in himself, talking about Christ, twain, one new man. 
okay? When we used to be separated from God, it was God, it was us. Now it says, no, we are one in Christ Jesus. So make him peace, that oneness. I mean, when we come into the family of God, we make him Lord, we become his people, he becomes our God, we're holy, consecrated, separated unto him for a sacred purpose. He says we make, it, it brings peace that transcends all understanding. Garrison the mouth guard of our hearts and our minds. It's a peace that we don't understand. Because he is the Prince of Peace. He provides that peace. One of the fruits of the Spirit. And he goes on to say, and that he might reconcile both, okay, unto God, Gentile and Jew. You know, saved, unsaved. It doesn't matter. Man, woman, boy, girl. Both unto God and one body by the cross. So the cross did that for us. Tore down the petition. Tore down that separating wall. Having slain the enmity thereof thing that caused us to be separated from God, it has been slain by Jesus, thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off. Remember now, Jesus came, the incarnated word of God made flesh, whole time he was here, three and a half years, he was teaching, he was teaching about the Father's kingdom. So he came and taught, even though it was afar off from the people, what was going to happen after he finished his earthly ministry, but he came and gave it to him then, and then when he left, that it exceeded that I leave so that the promise of the Father could come, which was the spirit of truth, who gonna continue to teach you all things and bring all things back to your remembrance what he said while he was here. That's why we can declare that the memory of the just is already blessed, because God already spoke his word. He already spoke through the prophets. He already put the word out there. It ain't coming back void. Some have already been fulfilled. Some is being fulfilled present day, and some is yet to be fulfilled. But it ain't coming back void till it do what he pleased and the purpose for which he sent it. He wanted us to be informed. He wanted us to know. Even knowing that there were those afar off that was going to come to him later. Still people are coming right now. Still people are being drawn. I was doing this podcast. This, this word is reaching people out there that probably have never heard the gospel. And some people are going to make up their mind because this truth is going to speak to them. This truth is going to start uh, provoking their thoughts. Something's going to happen in the spirit. They're going to look in their Bible and see what I see. And they're gonna, their eyes are going to come open. They're going to be holding wondrous thing from his plan of salvation and people want to be free they just don't know how to be free that's why the book of john chapter 8 verse 32 jesus said i my will is that you know the truth and the truth makes you free and if the son sets you free then you're free indeed that's the only way and then paul picks it up in the book of galatians chapter 5 verse 1 he said once that happens stand fast therefore in the liberty where was christ made you free and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again don't go back under these your old ordinances he said don't go back under all this old ceremonial stuff, you know. Don't go back under that. Stand fast in the liberty where with Christ has made you free. And do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. For it is for the sake of freedom that Christ made us free, that other people can be free through this gospel that freed us. And we are those voices. As leaders, we have to be those voices. Not voices that beg aggressively for filthy lucre. But we beg to see the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. We plead with him for mercy, for grace. We plead with him for healing. Plead with him to restore, to rescue. You know, come and just be God and do what God does. And so he wants us to be that voice to his people. Amen. And he came and he preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. Doesn't matter. You're far off, you're saved, you're not saved. Same gospel. You know, Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto all who shall believe. And how can they believe until they hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher teaching it and preaching? 
you know, not everything else. There's gospel out there, but it ain't this gospel. Ain't death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what free people. And he says, but through him, we both have access by one spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's spirit, one that he promised over in the book of John, chapter 14, unto the Father. It goes on to say, unto the Father, and that's capital Father. That's what he's talking about, God the Father, sovereign God the Creator, his spirit, Jesus, you know, his son, uh, both of them sent the spirit, amen, to help us. Now, therefore, because they're all three in one, they're the Trinity, they make up the Godhead body. You can't have one without the other. Amen. There's no difference. You know, they just had different functions. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, those that have been elected by God, called out by God, some before the foundation of the world. He says, and of the household of God, he's still building that household. He's still recruiting. He's still inviting. He's still drawing people, amen, into that household. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now look at that. All this new doctrine out here, 4,200 different denominations, persuasions, and teachings out there. I'm so glad that we are a non-denominational ministry. We preach and teach sound doctrine, which is right here, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. We don't just make up stuff. We teach sound doctrine. We preach sound doctrine. Amen. Because that's the foundation. Any other foundation is sinking sand. Because you know, when the winds and storms blow on it, it's going to determine what kind of foundation. If you build on the rock, even though you may bend, you're not going to break. It'd be like the trees of Lebanon where they had those roots that grew around the rocks on the seashore. Any other house is sinking sand. In the book of Psalms, chapter 127, verse 1 to 3, it says this, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor to build it, they labor in vain. You know, here's the, here's the reason why. The foundation, okay? The foundation. He said the apostles and the prophets. He's not talking about these hot shot prophets, prophets running around out here right now, telling folks all this stuff, making all these promises, which ain't backed up or documented by the word. But he's talking about these prophets and these apostles who were eyewitnesses of Jesus. They're the ones who were inspired. They're the ones who foretold. Read back in Isaiah 55 and 55 and all these promises that they uh, as voices of God, they foretold and they foretold because they foresaw. And some of it is being fulfilled now and it will continue to be filled. We got minor prophets and we got major prophets. Why do we need a prophet now to tell us something new? This word right now says these things that God's going to do. And these prophets foretold it. Okay, And that's what the foundation has to be on going forward right now if God is going to restore. We have to be that voice, mercy. We have to be that voice, mercy. We have to be that voice. We have to declare these things that will be so. You know, that's the foundation that God is going to build his people's kingdom on. That's what's in this covenant. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the basic gospel. That's the first thing that people should be knowing about. And we should build from there. Tell them how to have that relationship. Tell them what they need to do. And then you build from there. And if anything is to be added, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, and I'll add all these things unto you. What things? Those things whatsoever we need. God knows what we have need of. And he says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19, I will supply all your need according to my riches glory by Christ Jesus. You don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing because I, the Lord, your shepherd, I shall take care of what you want. Because I'm a good shepherd. I'm the one laid down my life for, for my sheep. You know? And 
And if they go in and out by me, if they gain access or leave by me, they come back to me, go in and out, they shall find pasture, meaning they shall find provision. They'll find what they need. Their needs will be met. Try to go another way. He said, any other way, you come as a thief and a robber. Now, beware of those that have gone out, false prophets, false teachers, gone out with a, with a, with a prosperity message for filthy lucre. It's all about filthy lucre. Love of money is the root of all evil. So if you don't have a problem with money, he said, look, it's two sides on that coin. Give Caesar what's Caesar. Give me what's mine. He wants that that can be bought without money. Freedom. Don't want his people bound from the gospel because they don't have enough money. They can't give enough money. They can't raise enough money. All right, so let's keep that alone and go forth here. And he says, "In the spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation, again, of the apostles and the prophets, where Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. Says, in whom all, look at that, all the building in this new kingdom, the spiritual kingdom that he's he, that he, he's coming to, to, to build and restore, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So he's telling you there in that capital that's not man's spirit, that's not worldly spirit, but that's his spirit, okay? So it's going to be a spiritual kingdom, and we're going to be citizens of that kingdom. So we need to learn the, the spiritual concepts and principles and, and spiritual laws that we don't violate them in the kingdom of God. There's been a lot of violation right now, you know, because we're excluding this teaching from people. We're not letting them know. We're not teaching them how to prepare and be ready for what God is going to do. And that's why he says in Hosea 4 and 6, <laughs> I had to divorce my bride, the church Israel, my chosen people, because they were rejecting what I said through my prophet jo uh, Joel, that in the last days it shall come to pass, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You know what the young men are going to do. They're going to see them visions. Old men, they're going to dream them dreams. God's going to pour out his spirit on his maid servant and male servant just like he always has. He's saying, if you don't teach and preach this right here, my people are going to perish because of the lack of this knowledge. And then he says in the book of, uh, of, of, of uh, Proverbs 29 and 19 and 18, without a vision, they perish. You need that knowledge of the kingdom of God to see what it looks like so that when it starts to manifest, you have a vision of how to be in it, how to function in it, how to operate in it. But we got to get this kingdom mindset got to build that up right now on these teachings of the apostles and the prophets and we got to receive God's spirit to be able to help us why when 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 wilderness shows up hard and difficult situations I need the Holy Ghost to continue man to show me the way forward to bring back quicken my mortal mind quicken my spirit with the wisdom of God the knowledge of God so that I don't go off the track man and go and fall into sin and hurt myself so it's very clear right here Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone no other name by which men can be saved. No no other teaching. This right here. No tradition or teaching. None of that stuff based on ceremonies and all that stuff. None of that. None of that. So by the Spirit. So by the Spirit. Amen. And he goes on to say here, man, that during this new spiritual and earthly restoration that will begin, 
is going to also begin the manifestation of a brand new culture that we've never seen before. A culture that will be more, more God conscious. Okay? It'll be beginning to be the beginning of the building of a new kingdom that God is going to orchestrate. God is going to initiate. It'll be both heavenly and earthly. He's going to restore a lot of things in the earth right now in those old waste places. And he's going to use some of us to do it. He says, where we will all get the witness, the coming together, listen to this, of the body of Christ that's all discombobulated right now. You got people worshiping Buddha. You got people over here worshiping Mary, the mother of Jesus. You got people over here, man, worshiping statues, doing all kinds of stuff, which we've seen before in Solomon's temple. Idolatry is not something new. But we're seeing people now beginning to do all these things. Work. You got devil worship out there right now. You got witches out there not being. All this stuff is going on. People are becoming parts of all these different phenomena, man, and it's leading them, man, down a dark uh, path, a dark place. And God is jealous. He can provoke the jealousy because of it, because the voices are quiet that he's depending on to be able to foretell what has been foretold. Warn the people. Let the people know. Encourage the people. Tell them the truth that they have a chance to be free from all of that. Preach, teach, sound doctrine. We have to be the voices, church. We have to be the voices. We have to be the leaders to say that God calls us to be. We go with the truth, we stick with the truth, and we stay with the truth because that's the only thing can make God's people free. We don't get caught up in our own righteousness. We don't get caught up in the leaven of the Pharisees. That leaven is the whole lump. We don't get caught up in the tradition of men, you know, with, with philosophy and excellency of speech, you know, that entice the people. But no, we need a demonstration of the spirit and power of God to come through this teaching right here. But that apostolic release of the anointing of God will destroy the yoke because there's power in that word, that living word, that rhema word, that logos word. It comes off the pages. Why? Because it's coming through a spirit-filled vessel. It ain't that vessel. It's that spirit of God that's in that vessel. Speaks, goes out with power and authority. Apostolic anointing, apostolic authority. And that anointing is not for people to look at you and say how anointed you is, but it's to destroy the yoke on the people when they hear it. It ain't coming back void if it's God's word. Demons begin to tremble and when you do it in the name of Jesus. Some of us preach in the name of my pastor, my bishop, or my prophet. We don't preach in the name of Jesus. That was the problem they was having in the church when they started talking about they was Apollos was, you know, they were Apollos followers. They, you know, they were, you know, Paul said, wait a minute. Some plant, some water. That's all we do. But God gives the increase. And Jesus sent out the 70 uh, disciples in, in pairs, 35 pairs. He said, look, when you go out there, don't take no script. Don't take no money back. Don't go out there with the intent to beg for money. If you go out there in my name and you preach the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what they did. And they came back and said, my God, demons tremble at this name. They were so excited. They saw the power in the name of Jesus. All this stuff we're doing right now today is not in the name of Jesus. That's why everybody has got a problem with the deity of Jesus. They call him a prophet. They call him a man. They call him this. They call him that. They don't call him the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God, the only name by which men can be saved. That's the voice that God want to resurrect, the voice that will go out and preach and teach the sound doctrine, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection foundation has already been laid by the apostles and prophets where Jesus is the chief cornerstone of every building. That's the voice that's got to be restored. That's the kingdom that's got to be, uh, you know, reestablished. And he's going to do it. Amen. So he's letting us know right there that uh, during
experience the restoration. Uh, we're going to begin to see these manifestations, both of Christ in the St. Louis, all around the world, says, Lord, of the universe, and I, your God, will perform this new restoration for my name's sake, says the Lord. Now let's think about something Elijah prophesied. He says, Elijah said this, he said, no, he says, Elijah, now he was the man of God, he was a voice that spake, okay, man, he spoke in the earth for and by the power and inspiration of God. He came to this widow's house and brought restoration and recovery to their lives. Her and her son, what are we saying here, pastors, leaders, God's ambassadors to Christ, clergy, so-called bishops, apostles, and prophets, and prophetess? What we're saying here is Elijah was just reminding the people of God that wherever a people of faith are, people who have their faith in God, not in government, not in education, not in religious system, come on, not in the economy, how much money you can make, the material stuff you can accumulate. But where a people of faith exists, there is a restoring of life, health, strength, physical, spiritual things, economic things, governmental things. All of it will be restored and added to us. And then we also can look in the book of Luke, chapter 7 where Jesus and his disciples were entering into the city of Nain, N-A-I-N, just as a funeral procession was coming out. And I'm going to pick up this teaching in that chapter of Luke, chapter 7, next week. Don't want to go there tonight because there's a lot of verses there, but we'll pick that up next week, and we'll look at that to understand the bigger picture right here uh, of what Elijah, Elijah, talking about here. Wherever there is faith, right now, I don't know who we got our faith in on this earth. We're looking to the doctors, we're looking to the political leaders, we're looking to some of the clergy who don't want to say nothing right now because they don't want to rock the government, they don't want to lead that, lose that 501c3 tax exempt status, they're doing all this hiding right now. God is saying, I want you to bring your voice out and use your voice to declare to my people the victory through my son Jesus Christ, through the promise that I made. Every generation, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. I'm not a man that I should lie, so you shouldn't be a clergy that lies. Twist the truth. Lace it down with tradition. No. Tell the people the unadulterated, infallible, authentic truth, because I want them to know the truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by. That's what I'm going to restore. I'm going to make things like they're supposed to be. And I have all against you. You're not that voice. If you're not preaching this, 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 this foundational truth right now, from one generation to the next, Jesus said. And so let's go ahead and prepare to close one, one more passage of scripture, and we'll be finished for the night. And this is coming out of the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 32, the King James Bible. Let me run through this real quick, and we'll end right there. He says that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and cared about, listen to this, with every wind of doctrine. 4,200 different winds of doctrine out there right now. That's how much religion is out there right now. Okay, ministries with, with, with bishops' names and, and apostles' names and prophets' names, naming churches after these people. God is the head of the church. Why are you going to put a man's name in the title of the church? He's letting you know right there it ain't of God. God gave us the ministry. He gave us grassroots. He says, tell the people that this is God's house where everybody's somebody special. 
that's up there on the billboard. This is God's our new freedom in Christ. There's a new freedom to be discovered in Christ. And in God's house, you know, when it's his house, you'll discover that new freedom. Because it's God's house, it's not our house. How many years has it been in your family? It's still God's house. And he wants to perform miracles in his house. And that's what he's going to restore. He's going to start in Jerusalem. He got all against us right now. Our voices is promoting a different kingdom. God's got issue with that. The Pope comes to jealousy. It's abominable. It's idolatry. It's based on the tradition of men and it's making the glorious gospel of no effect. God is fed up. And it's then provoked to jealousy and he's going to do something about it. He's going to restore. Amen. And it goes on to say, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things. That's what we should be about, which is the head, Christ Jesus, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that, listen to this, which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. If you let this truth work in every part of the body, wherever there's a branch, wherever there's a branch, as long as you allow the, 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 the vein, the branch to be connected to the vine, then you will be able to bear those fruits, okay, because it comes from one source. There's only one vine, and if we abide in him and let his word abide in us, the gardener, which is God, he'll begin to prune, he'll begin to give life, he'll begin to give increase in that body. Where every part of that body now is eating the same doctrine, we're preaching the same thing, we're saying the same thing, we're one spirit, we're many body member, you know, many member body, but we're all one, one God, head, one son, Jesus, over the church, the shepherd, many members, okay, legs, arms, feet, many members, all of them supplying something to the body, the body may edify itself in love, okay, one faith, one spirit, one baptism, one body, many members, you know. That's what he's saying right there. You know, we all need each other, but we got to get connected. we got too many winds of doctrines out there right now. Okay, we got to bring it back right here so God can restore and make things like they're supposed to be. Every joint supplies according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, make an increase of the body into an edifying itself, building itself up. How? In love. This I say, this is what the world needs now. This is why we don't have no love because everybody's doing their own thing, going in different ways, teaching different stuff, all kinds of stuff. This I say, therefore, Paul is saying, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, thinking of all kinds of stuff to draw people to the church, having the understanding darkened. If he be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men in the earth. If I be lifted up, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. I didn't say it, it's right there. But ye have not so learned Christ if you're doing all these things. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Nobody else that ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man. Get out of them brotherhoods. Get out of all them places, all them organizations. Stop spreading that old worldly wisdom, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. It leads you away from Jesus and have you put your confidence in something else that's not of God. 
and be renewed in the spirit. There it is. And he and be renewed in the spirit. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let it be not conformed to the things of this world, but let it be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God. And that he put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be ye angry and sin not. I know some folks angry as hell at me right now for teaching this. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I'm not concerned about that right now. People are dying and going to hell unsaved. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that sold steal no more, but neither let him labor. <laughs> Working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building people up, not tearing people down, not destroying and demolishing their character, you know, not putting people in certain classes of people by color and all that and income and status, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. He want to speak. He want to speak through us. He want to use our voices. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Jesus coming to redeem his church. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Stop getting people to trust in those lying words. Tell them the truth with all that malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you, says the Lord. And my last scripture that comes out of the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 to 32, the King James Bible. The last scripture is in Revelation, the fifth chapter, verse 10, King James Bible, the book of Revelation. It says, and hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth with him. That's the new kingdom. That's what. That's our place, that we can endure to the end and be saved, that we can endure sound doctrine, okay, and we can be taught and learned, and we'll take the time to get away from all this other stuff that leads away from, from what God is wanting to do and wanting to restore. He's already promised it. It's been foretold by the prophets. No other foundation is going to work. All this stuff we're building right now, these empires, we've seen it in the past. The history says that every empire, was destroyed because it, it, it honored man and didn't honor God. So he's going to have to come and build his kingdom and establish his kingdom in the earth the way he wants. And we're going to be a part of that and we can endure. And we can endure sound doctrine right now. Build on it. Stand on it. Confess it. Profess it. Put it in our hearts. Wait on God. It'll manifest. All right, then. Well, that's going to end the teaching for tonight. Amen. We give God praise. We give God glory. Come back next week. We'll pick up in Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 7. Very powerful for next week. All right, then. Well, we're going to end. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm going to uh, have people myself here. Can y'all still hear me? I can. Everybody else hear me? They probably on mute. Yes, sir. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. All right, all right. Good, 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 good. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right, well, y'all know at the end of the day, it's going to 
make comments, you don't have to take it off mute by star six and or just if you put it on mute, you take it off your own mute. All right, well, let's go for it tonight. Amen. Getting ready to uh, launch the teaching uh, for tonight. Amen and amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'd like to welcome everybody tonight to the uh, Tuesday night Bible study where we're partnered with our River of Life partners here with Pastor Thomas and Associate Pastor, co-pastor Joe Rich up in Maryland area there, and all of our partners and friends that are on tonight, brothers and sisters in Christ, we just welcome all of you tonight, uh, even our brothers and sisters uh, that are part of the New Freedom uh, Christian Ministry uh, Church family tonight is on tonight, so we welcome all of you, uh, thank God for you being a part of our extended family, amen, and we give God praise tonight just like to welcome you and also this particular podcast or uh, uh, teaching tonight will also be going out on over 40 platforms around 45 different platforms out there we have listeners that will be playing this and listening to this and benefiting from this word and we just thank god for that we have over 8,000 and about six eight people right here on our local one podcast uh, and so we have 45 podcasts. This is going out all over the place, all over the world, in other countries, uh, all across the United States and our seven territories. We have uh, podcasts out, uh, access out there to reach all of them with this teaching. And so, amen. And so we want to make sure that we're muted up so we don't have all that noise and background noise. Please wait until I'm completely finished with the teaching. Before you take it off podcast, I'll give you a signal. Uh, to come, I mean, move mute, so I'll give you a signal to come back in. All right, so let's begin tonight with the word of prayer uh, as we go into the teaching. Father God, in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus, we come to you right now, Father God. Father God, tonight, hungry and thirsty for more of your word, for more of your teaching, for more of your wisdom, for more of your knowledge, so that we don't perish for a lack of knowledge, and we don't perish because we have no vision, because we have no knowledge. And so we give you the praise tonight to open up our understanding, that we may understand the times that we're living in, that we may be able to put forth an effort and redeem the times because the days are evil. And so, Father, we thank and praise you right now that we would be able to discern this word tonight, be able to understand this word tonight. We need you, Father, to give us ears to hear and eyes to behold and see wondrous things that this word is published tonight from your plan of salvation. Father, help us tonight, Lord God, to just understand this word, to gravitate to this word, and to allow this word, Lord God, to enter into our hearts that we might hide it there, that we might not go from this hall tonight to eternity with you. So we give you praise. We give you glory. Let your word go forth now and fall on good ground. Let it not return back to you void. Let it go out to you the purpose for which you sent it. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for your word tonight. Now, Holy Ghost, I ask you to help me. I submit myself to you now. I ask you to help me bring everything back to my remembrance that I've studied and prepared and then shed new light, open up new revelations and unveiling of the word of God tonight. Let it be simplistic that people will be able to understand and be able to uh, receive the message tonight. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray over the comments that have come forth at the end. And we just give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor for a great night of Bible study. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. 
want to begin tonight by uh, just referencing uh, from last week. Uh, we talked about there is coming to the earth, uh, you know, a uh, and to God's people a new restoration where God promises, promises is to make all things and he himself will perform his covenant in every generation to include this current one. His promises do a new thing. You know, he will build his kingdom here on earth, which is a spiritual kingdom, and then it'll manifest in the earthly kingdom. It, uh, to get uh, us into this kingdom, or to understand this kingdom, or to operate and function as citizens of this kingdom, we've got to get a godly spiritual kingdom mindset, especially the leaders of God's flock. Please put the phone on mute. Why y'all do this every time? Put your phone on mute. Please, put your phone on mute. Thank you. Kingdom mindset, especially as God's leaders, so we don't end up missing or leading God's people astray or away from God, which is saying to us, says the Lord. Uh, scripture says in the book of Isaiah, chapter uh, 43, verse 18 through 19, and the reason we're going over this teaching is because God has spoken and said that even in the midst of this coronavirus, all these other economical, educational, religious systems, all of these, uh, you know, these different educational systems, these different uh, systems that we're dealing with, uh, the four that make up the four dynasties, uh, you know, they're the ones that are having so much fallout and so much uh, uncertainty, and it's affecting people. You got the government, you got the education system shaking up right now. They don't know whether to go back to school. Some of the teachers saying they don't want to go back in the fall. But it just got craziness out there right now. Some of the pastors right now are all for going back into churches, opening them up. 50% of them are saying, no, we don't want to because we don't want to expose the people to any un, you know, un, uh, some, un, any risky uh, you know, breakout in the church. So you got so much mixed emotion out there, so much mixed feelings out there. So we really got a mess in, the, in what we call the religious system, and the government is trying to get their hand in there and dictate to the people what they think they should do. And so those four dynasties have really kicked in right now. The government is failing us. The educational system is unstable right now. Religious folks out there right now, 50-50 split out there. The economy right now is so uncertain. They're talking about blessing without Social Security and all the other benefits. So you got a mess out there right now. But in the midst of all of this, Man is still not in control. God is still in control. He has not relinquished his responsibility as the greatest leader. He's the sovereign God and creator. He owns everything, the earth, the fullness thereof, they that dwell therein, the cattle of a thousand years. The Bible said it all belongs to God, the silver, the gold. God is still on that throne, and he's still in charge. He's still the Lord of the universe. And so he will have the final and the only say about how things doesn't matter how you start, but it always matters how you end. And he said the end of a thing is going to be better than the beginning of a thing. And we're seeing that now, amen, as he prepares for his second coming. And so let me read this verse of scripture with you to get us kicked off tonight. It's in the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and 19 in the King James Bible. And it says this, it says, remember ye not the former things. In other words, God wants us to forget all those things that are behind us and begin to reach and press toward the things that are before us. 
And to do that, all we have to do is take the lessons from what we learned, from what our former generations, former ancestors, what they learned and what they passed on and taught us, we remember those lessons. If we don't, we're subject to repeat the same mistakes and end up in the same spot that we were. And to me, that's insanity. So he's saying, remember those, don't, he said, remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old, okay? Only the lessons that we learn, so we don't repeat the same mistakes. Behold, I, he says, will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now in the midst of this coronavirus, now in the midst of all this pandemic, all that's going on right now with these shakeups and these four dynasties right now in the church and the government and the schoolhouse and the church house, also in the economy. There's a shakeup, but look at what he's saying. It will spring forth. Look at what he says. Shall ye not know it? Yes, if, if you're in this word, if you're seeking after God, if you want to become knowledgeable of what is going on, so you don't perish for a lack of knowledge, according to the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, and a lack of vision, according to the, 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 the book, the, the book of, uh, amen, of, of uh, Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 18. He says it right there, you know, shall ye not know it. Yes, Lord, we're not going to perish because we're learning tonight. We're learning every time we get on on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Sunday morning, constantly every morning. We're learning, Lord. And he says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so this language uh, fitted the current day that they were living in as the prophet Isaiah prophesied of what was going to take place. And when he uses this language talking about a way in the wilderness, wilderness uh, is symbolic of a hard place. And we're all in a hard place right now. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care who you are, what race, culture, background, creed, sexual orient. I don't care who you are right now. Boy, girl, man, woman. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter all those things right now. It's because we're all in this hard place together. Nobody has any advantage right now. We may think we do because I can walk around with a big old tragedy cause and weapon on my shoulder. I think I'm a tough guy, tough girl. It doesn't matter. God could open up the earth and swallow all that mess up like that in one breath. So it doesn't matter. That doesn't give you any uh, any advantages with God. Because he said if you live by that sword, you're going to die by that sword. But God is looking for a day when men will lay down their weapons, lay down their swords, and the lion and the sheep would dwell together. You know, that's what God is looking for. You know, he's looking for peace on earth. Amen. And he needs everybody to buy in. And look at what he says. I will even make a way in the wilderness. He is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. Okay, he's a mighty God. He's our God. He's the light of the world. And won't he do it? He's done it before. And that's the thing we have to hold on to, what God has done before. He has a perfect track record. He's an expert in turning around what the devil meant for our bad and working it out together for our good. Book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 28. He says, we, we know that he'll work those things. But in the meantime, nothing is separating us from the love of God. We still have a roof over our head. We still got clothes on our back, shoes on our feet in our covenant, we still are, are being blessed by the Lord. And mercy every morning is brand new. New mercy every morning. Grace and truth still meet together. Deciding some benefits that's going to fall your way. You know, and so it, 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 he's making a way. And then it says rivers in the desert. Amen. Every desert spot in your life. In other words, where you might think this over here is dried up in this relationship, you may think, okay, my job is kind of shaky right now. You may think, I'm, I'm not going back to teaching. It's like a desk in a dry 
five plays right now. Your incoming ability, capability is drying up. You know, relationships are falling apart. You know, you're grasping for straws. It seems like you're out in the desert, man, and you need, you need some refreshing. You need some renewing. And the Lord is saying that I'm going to restore all things. I'm going to make all things new. Even in the desert, there shall be a river. He said there shall be rivers. Okay, rivers of blessings. Amen. Rivers of blessings, says Lord. So how? I, I don't see it, God. He said, did I not promise it to you, and will I not make it good? I'm a covenant-keeping God. Where is your faith? I do things and allow things sometimes to happen like that, to occur like that, even though I didn't cause it, but I allow it so that people would see it's an opportune time for God to act, for God to move, to teach us that we shall not live by bread alone, or by material things, but we should live by every word of God that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And that's what he's trying, that's the river he's talking about. That knowledge is going to flood us, you know, that knowledge is going to fill us because he said, they that hunger and thirst for his righteousness shall be filled. I think that's in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 8. So there is that overflow coming. There is that filling coming. Please put your phone on mute. Put your phone on mute, please. Put your phone on mute, please. Please, please. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Please put your phone on mute. And then he goes on in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verses 4 through verse 6, the King James Bible. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, this is what Jesus told John as, 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 as the angel of the Lord came and appeared to John out on the Isle of Patmos. He said, Write, for these words are true and they are faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. And he said unto me, It is done. This is what Jesus said. The conversation went to John. It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. In other words, I know the end and the beginning. Nothing catches me by surprise. I already had a plan of salvation in place. I already made a covenant to be able to deal with these end-time things that were going to happen. He goes on to say, And I was given to him, that is a third of the fountain of the water of life freely. Because you're going to go through some dry places. You're going to go through some hard and difficult places. But if you would still hunger and thirst for his righteousness, he said, You shall be but he wants you to drink of a water that you'll never thirst again, and that is spiritual water. You know, no other water like that water. It'll quench every thirst. You know, eat that word. It'll become joy and rejoicing to your heart. According to the book of Jeremiah, chapter uh, 15, verse 16, Jeremiah had to depend on that word. He said, I, I found that word. It was found by me. I did eat, and it has become a joy and a rejoicing in my heart and in my soul. He wanted to give up, y'all. He was under so much pressure, he wanted to give up. It seemed like nothing was working. He was really in a wilderness, powerful man of God, called from his mother's womb, but he was about to give up and throw in the towel. Couldn't, couldn't take it no more. Trying to find him somewhere to go hide. He wanted to run away, but the Lord said, I called you. So he sanctified him. Amen. Sanctified him. Showed him a vision. But 
God's temple, God's train, built the temple, and told him, reminded him, well, I called you from your mother's womb. You can't give up. And a lot of us are in that same boat. You might think you're on this line just because you bumped into us or our past fault. I believe every one of you are on an assignment from God to be on this line, to be uh, connected to each other the way that we are. I don't think this is no coincidence. I, I, I think that you are part of my, my, my spiritual, biological family. Amen. So I thank God for you. Amen. And so look at what he's saying right there. You can drink this water freely. It's the water of life. You'll never thirst again. You don't have to pay for this. You don't have to beg for money for this. You ain't got to go to no cash app. I don't have no cash app for you to go to to send me nothing for this because you can't buy this. This is free right here. It's freely given and freely you have to receive it. So let's go a little further here in the book of Isaiah chapter 65, verse 16 through 18 in King James Bible. It says this to continue this argument that there is a restoration coming to God's people like never before. God's going to do a new thing, even in the midst of all that's going on right now that looks dark, it, it looks hard, it's difficult, it looks like a wilderness, it looks like a dry place right now, but there's fresh water coming, there's fresh rain coming, and the latter rain is going to be better than the former rain, <laughs> even as it's raining outside right now. We're never going to see a rain like the rain that's promised. We just got to keep looking to the hill to see that cloud begin to form over us, and it will. Every time you look at the word, you got to see that latter rain cloud getting a little bit bigger, amen, and it's going to be proportionate enough, amen, to create rivers in those dry places in our lives. That's going to be, those dynasties are going to open up and begin to release blessings. God's going to turn that thing around in the education system. He's going to turn that thing around in the economy. He's going to turn that thing around in these religious institutions. He's going to turn that thing around in the government because the government is his government. It's upon his shoulder. Everybody that's in authority, there's no authority that be that God does not allow it. He said, I hold the heart of the king in my hand, and I will turn it whatsoever way I will. I'm standing on that promise. I've forgotten about the old things. I'm standing on that promise, and we're going to see the wicked be taken down, and we're going to see the righteous be exalted. That's what he said. Why? It's because God does not delight in his people being tormented. He said, look, when the righteous are in charge, the people prosper, and they rejoice. But when the wicked are in charge, the people mourn and they are tormented. That's in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter chapter uh, 29, I want to say. Uh, I'm sorry, that's in Proverbs 29 and verse 1 and 2. Amen. And so we know it's going to happen. But let's look at what he says right here through the prophet Isaiah in uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verse 16 through 18 in the King James Bible. He says that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. Don't be out there, man, accumulating all this stuff and not bless it. And bless yourself and then just leave it right there. No, bless yourself and let God bless you to be a blessing to someone else. And when you bless yourself, make sure you base it on the truth. Don't just go out there because the world makes you a bunch of promises and get caught up in that system. And it's not based on truth. It's just based on gain. And any gain you gain in an ungodly way on your own ability and strength, it's really not gain at all. Gain is the thing that God promises you that you can say, the blessings of the Lord make me rich, and he added no sorrow. That's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 22. That's when you can consider yourself blessed, when he blessed you his way, when he added you because you seek him first, his way of doing things that we read in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, so you can bless yourself and base it on God's truth. That's so important. Doing it his way, that he will add these things to you 
his blessings make you rich, plenty, full, you know, nothing lacking, nothing missing, nothing broken, more than enough, overrunning, overflowing, filled to the full, you know, your every need. And that's the kind of blessings that he gives. And he said, shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. You got to swear, make sure it's by God's truth, nothing else, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from mine eyes. Think about that. God is washing away our sins. And all those things that are behind us that we learned a few minutes ago, forget those things. Paul said, forget those things that are behind you and reach, strive, and press for those things that are before you in Christ Jesus. Because Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 62, said, if any man, if you're a woman, anybody, look back where you came from, where God brought you from, and put your hands to the plow, you become unfit for the kingdom of God. So you're in the kingdom now, amen, by sonship, you know, by adoption. So stay in the kingdom. Don't let nothing out here appeal you or tempt you to take your eyes off of God and, and lose your hope in him. Because the Bible says in Isaiah 29, uh, Jeremiah 29 and 11, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says this, Jesus is talking, and he says, I know my thoughts towards you. They are not thoughts of evil to do harm to you, to bring harm to you, to punish you, you know, before time. He says, no, my thoughts towards you, they are good. They are thoughts of peace to bring you, listen to what he said, to bring you, that means God is performing the action, bring you, okay, if you want to go. Bring you if you want to follow after him. Bring you to an expected end. God expects for us to end victorious. And along the way, he's going to bless us with his truth. He's going to sanctify us continuously. So anything that we get from God, it's going to have a permanent effect on us. It's not going to be temporary. It's not going to fall through the cracks. It's going to cause us to be blessed, plenty and full, you know, complete, you know, more than enough, a whole blessing. You know, spiritually, physically, financially, any kind of way you think about it. Okay? And he's saying to bring you to an expected end, to give you, there it is now, if he's bringing you, he's going to give you a hope and a future. And so that's what he's promising us. And so this prophet is really laying this out right here. He says, and because they are hid from thine eyes right now, but that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. We got the promises of God to hold on to until they manifest. Amen. And he's going to use his word to restore these things to us. He's going to fulfill his promises in every generation. He's going to make sure his covenant is established with his people. You can count on that. He says, for behold, I create a new heaven. I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Not that out. Renew your mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. I'm doing a new thing, says God. I'm going to create it all over again. Make it like it ought to be. For behold, he's saying, fix your eyes on this, Selah. Focus on this. Meditate on this. Pay attention to this. Don't forget this. Put this away. I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. That's why we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we need to keep our eyes on her as we pray for her. Because if we begin to see things, that's a that's a gateway to what's going to take place. When we begin to see these things manifesting in, 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 uh, in Israel and Jerusalem over there, that holy ground is still holy land, then we need to know that it's pertaining to us too. We're next. We've been engrafted in uh, to that good olive branch. We were the bad olive branches. First to God.
Yahoo was presented to the Jews, they rejected it, and then it was presented to the Gentiles, and we are the Gentiles, saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, but a gift from God. So we are heirs to the king, we're heirs to the promise, we're heirs to the promise that he made to Abraham, and we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So whatever God promised our elder brother Jesus, he promised us too. We are joint heirs of that kingdom, of that promise. So let's go a little further, right? And a lot of it hadn't manifested yet, so that means it's yet before us. That's why he said, I'm going to restore. I'm going to rescue my people. I'm going to replenish the earth. I'm going to make things like they're supposed to be. I know what's best for you. And God says, in my time, and it will happen. It will occur. You know, don't doubt God, but believe that he's going to do what he said he was going to do because he made us a promise. Be like Abraham over in the book of Romans chapter 4. Abraham believed, and God accounted righteousness him and used him to bless many nations and he still blessing folks today. That promise of Abraham is ours right now because of his faith and he believed and God accounted as righteousness and God the one who told him he was going to bless him and make him a father of many nations. Amen. So let's go right here now to the book of Ephesians. Okay, we're in the Gentile portion of this thing. Now, we done looked at what the prophets were told, the Isaiah, the Jeremiah. Now we're getting into Paul's teaching remind us as the Gentile nation that's been converted under grace, amen, let's look at what Paul is encouraging us with right now that applies and applicable to us right now going forward in the book of Ephesians. Look at this letter, this epistle he wrote to the Ephesian church at Ephesus, amen, in the second chapter, verse 12 through 22 of the King James Bible. We're talking about restoration now. We're talking about what God is going to do, a new thing. He says, that at that time ye were without Christ. Remember that time you was without Christ, but don't stay there too long. Don't dwell on that. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Israel was separated. The Jews were separated. We were separated until the gospel came and was presented to us, the Gentiles. All we could do was look at the Jews rejecting him. But then he says, go now and preach it to the Gentiles. And thank God that Paul and all those other apostles wrote these epistles, man, that we now can go and look at what belongs to us, what's rightfully ours through adoption. God is adopting us into the family of God, adopting us, giving us the way through Jesus Christ, believing in him, his finished work on the cross, paid the price now that we can have access to grace by faith and salvation. That gets us into the kingdom. That's our ticket right now. We're in the kingdom right now spiritually, but we got to work out our own salvation with being trembling to stay and remain in the kingdom until the Lord come back to this earth and restore that kingdom on this earth, and he's going to do it in Jerusalem. Amen. And we're going to be in a different body. We're going to take off this old corruption and put on incorruption, this old mortality and put on immortality. That's the only way we're going to be able to see Jesus. And it does not yet appear what we're going to be, but this one thing that we do know, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, and we shall see him really the way that he is. And at that time, the kingdom as we see it now, this age is going to pass away, and God's going to institute and manifest his kingdom. Of that kingdom, there will be no end, and we will forever be with the Lord. And so this is what Paul is setting us up for right here. He says, and, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we were at before Jesus came and saved us. But now, listen at this, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God for the shed blood of Jesus. Thank God for that blood being applied to our lives. Because that death angel passed over, man. He's still passing over today because if you 
that God has sent him to shed his blood for the remission of our sins and bad old stripes for the healing of our bodies. And my God, you're covered right now, man. The death angel is passing over you. It's not time. Amen. Let you step outside of that cover, that covering. Amen. He says, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition between us. We don't have to go to no priest right now. We are the priest. God has made us king and priest. We can go right into the presence of God right now. Amen. Boldly before his throne and present our bodies to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God without a spot or without a wrinkle. How do we do that? We ask God to forgive us of our sins. We cleanse of all our unrighteousness. That's in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. If you have sinned, don't try to go in the presence of God with sin. Just ask and practice this every day. Ask God. Put yourself un under every day. Put that flesh under. Render it dead every day. Because you're going into the presence of the Lord. Boldly, clean hands, pure heart. You know, ask him to create in me a clean heart. Renew me in a right and a steadfast spirit, God. Because I don't want to appear before you any kind of way insulting your holiness. So we have to be able to repent all the time. Live a life, a repentant life. Don't be ashamed to repent. Ask your father to forgive you. Have mercy on you. He'll do it. And this is what Paul is telling us right now. He's saying that wall has been broken, so now you don't have to go to a man or a woman to go straight to Jesus. You are in his eyes a royal priesthood. You are a, a chosen generation, a holy nation under God, a peculiar people that you should come and offer your body as a living sacrifice. Now, giving him thanks for your salvation right now, you know, boldly before the throne of God. Because Jesus has removed that wall. That church was rent that hour that he gave up the ghost. They said the temple in, in, in the holy city was rent right straight down the middle where only the priest up until that time could go into the holies of holies and offer the blood on, on the uh, altar, on the ark of the, uh, ark of the uh, covenant. You know? and, and, and now that's been done away with. We no longer need another man to go. You now, I now, everybody now who believe in Jesus can go in as a priest right now. It's a spiritual concept and a spiritual uh, ministry that you have to understand. It's all spiritual now. Amen. And so that wall has been done away with. It's been removed. So we have open access right now through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus, who went in once and for all and presented us with a newer and a more excellent way to get into the presence of God. And so it's been broken between us and him. No more separation. Look at here. He says, having abolished in his flesh, that enmity, what enmity, Pastor, that, that uh, God spoke about in Genesis 3.15 when he says that there will be enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of God, meaning Jesus. That was all the way, that prophecy was prophesied all the way back there in Genesis 3.15. And here we see Paul bringing it up again, okay? It's been done away with, though. You know, he said, look, your heel shall bruise the head of the serpent, and the head of the serpent going to bruise your heel. That's always going to be that way. That's why you're going to still have that wilderness, that hard experience. You're going to still have that, that desert that's going to need the rivers of living water to flow through there. You're going to always need that. You always have to turn back to God. He said, even the law of commandment contained in ordinances, ordinances, things that we were told we had to do in order to be ceremonially clean, ritualistic stuff. All that's been done away with. It's been replaced. Okay, no longer gets us in the presence of God. No longer gets us restoration or healing or deliverance or salvation. He said, but to make in himself, listen to this, to make in himself, talking about Christ, twain, one new man. Okay, well, we used to be separated from God. It was God. It was us. Now it says, no, we are one in 
Christ Jesus. So make him key, that oneness with me. When we come into the family of God, make him Lord, we become his people. He becomes our God. We're holy, consecrated, separated unto him for a sacred purpose. He says we make, it, it brings peace that transcends all understanding. Character of the mouth guard of our hearts and our minds. It's a peace that we don't understand because he is the Prince of Peace. He provides that peace. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. And he goes on to say, and that he might reconcile both, okay, unto God, Gentile and Jew, you know, saved, unsaved. It doesn't matter, man, woman, boy, girl, both unto God in one body by the cross. So the cross did that for us. Tore down the petition, tore down that separating wall. Having slain the enmity thereof, the thing that caused us to be separated from God, it has been slain by Jesus. Thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off. Remember now, Jesus came, the incarnated word of God made flesh. Old time, he was here three and a half years. He was teaching, he was teaching about the Father's kingdom. So he came and taught. Even though it was afar off from the people, what was going to happen after he finished his earthly ministry. But he came and gave it to him then. And then when he left, he said it exceeded that I leave so that the promise of the Father could stop, which was the spirit of truth. We're going to continue to teach you all things and bring all things back to your remembrance of what he said while he was here. That's why we can declare that the memory of the just is already blessed because God already spoke his word. He already spoke through the prophets. He already put the word out there. It ain't coming back forward. Some have already been fulfilled. Some is being fulfilled present day and some is yet to be fulfilled. But it ain't coming back forward until it do what he pleased and the purpose for which he sent it. He wanted us to be informed. He wanted us to know. Even knowing that there were those afar off that was going to come to him later. Still people are coming right now. Still people are being drawn. I was doing this podcast. This, this word is reaching people out there that probably have never heard the gospel before. And some people are going to make up their mind because this truth is going to speak to them. This truth is going to start uh, provoking their thoughts. Something's going to happen in the spirit. They're going to look in their Bible and see what I speak. And they're gonna, their eyes are going to come open. They're going to be holding and see wondrous things from his plan of salvation. And people want to be free. They just don't know how to be free. That's why the book of John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus said, I, My will is that you know the truth, and the truth makes you free. And if the Son sets you free, then you're free indeed. That's the only way. And then Paul picks it up in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. He said, Once that happens, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty which Christ made you free, and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Don't go back under these your old ordinances, he said. Don't go back under all this old ceremonial stuff, you know. Don't go back under that. Stand fast in the liberty which Christ has made you free. And do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. For it is for the sake of freedom that Christ made us free, that other people can be free through this gospel that freed us. And we are those voices. As leaders, we have to be those voices. Not voices that beg aggressively for filthy lucre. But we beg to see the will of God being done on earth as it is in heaven. We plead with him for mercy, for grace. We plead with him for healing. Plead with him to restore, to rescue. Come and just be God and do what God does, you know. And so he wants us to be that voice to his people. Amen. And he came and he preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. doesn't matter. You're far off, you're saved, you're not saved. Same gospel. You know, Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto all who shall believe. And how can they believe until they hear? And how can they hear except there be a preacher teaching it and preaching? You know, not everything else. There's gospel out there, but ain't this gospel. Ain't death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ at work. 
unto the Father. It goes on to say here, unto the Father, and that's capital Father. That's what's talking about God the Father, sovereign God the Creator, His Spirit, Jesus, you know, His Son, uh, both of them sent the Spirit, amen, to help us. Now, therefore, because they're all three in one, they're the Trinity, they make up the Godhead body. You can't have one without the other. Amen. There's no difference. You know, they just had different functions. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, those that have been elected by God, called out by God, some before the foundation of the world. He says, and of the household of God, he's still building that household. He's still recruiting. He's still inviting. He's still drawing people, amen, into that household. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now look at that. All this new doctrine out here, 4,200 different denominations persuading and teachings out there. I'm so glad that we are a non-denominational ministry. We preach and teach sound doctrine, which is right here, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. We don't just make up stuff. We teach sound doctrine. We preach sound doctrine. Amen. Because that's the foundation. Any other foundation is sinking sand. Because when the wind and storms blow on it, it's going to determine what kind of foundation. If you build on the rock, even though you may bend, you're not going to break. It'd be like the trees of Lebanon where they had those roots that grew around the rocks on the seashore. Any other house is sinking sand. In the book of Psalms, chapter 127, verse 1 to 3, it says this, Except the Lord build the house, they that labor to build it, they labor in vain. You know, here's the, here's the reason why. The foundation, okay, the foundation. Said the apostles and the prophets. He ain't not talking about these hot shot prophets, prophetess running around out here right now, telling folks all this stuff, making all these promises, which ain't backed up or documented by the word. But he's talking about these prophets and these apostles who were eyewitnesses of Jesus. They're the ones who were inspired. They're the ones who foretold. Read back in Isaiah 50, 65 and 55, and all these promises that they, uh, as voices of God, they foretold and they foretold because they foresaw. And some of it is being fulfilled now, and it will continue to be filled. We got minor prophets, and we got major prophets. Why do we need a prophet now to tell us something new? This word right now says these are things that God's going to do. And these prophets foretold it, okay? And that's what the foundation has to be on going forward right now if God is going to restore. We have to be that voice, mercy. We have to be that voice, mercy. We have to be that voice. We have to declare these things that were foretold. That's the foundation that God is going to build his people's kingdom on. That's what's in this covenant. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the basic gospel. That's the first thing that people should be knowing about. And you should build from there. Tell them how to have that relationship. Tell them what they need to do. And then you build from there. And if anything is to be added, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, and I'll add all these things unto you. What things? Those things whatsoever we need. God knows what we have need of it. He says in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 19, I will supply all your need according to my riches glory by Christ Jesus. You don't have to want for any good or beneficial thing because I, the Lord, your shepherd, I shall take care of what you want. Because I'm a good shepherd. I'm the one laid down my life for, for my sheep. You know? And if they go in and out by me, if they gain access or leave by me, they come back to me go in and out, they shall find pasture, meaning they shall find provision. They shall find what they need. Their needs will be met. You try to go another way, he said, any other way you come as a thief and a robber. You know, 
and you have those that have gone out, false prophets, false teachers, gone out with a with a with a prosperity message for filthy lucre. It's all about filthy lucre. Love of money is the root of all evil. If you don't have a problem with money, then look, it's two sides on that coin. Give Caesar what's Caesar. Give me what's mine. He wants that that can be bought without money. Freedom. He don't want his people bound from the gospel because they don't have enough money. They can't give enough money. They can't raise enough money. All right, so let's keep that alone and go forth here. And he says, the spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers, foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation, again, of the apostles and the prophets, where Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. He says, in whom all, look at that, all the building in this new kingdom, the spiritual kingdom that he's, he, that he, he's coming to, to, to build and restore, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So he's telling you there in that capital spirit, that's not man's spirit, that's not worldly spirit, but that's his spirit, okay? So it's going to be a spiritual kingdom, and we're going to be citizens of that kingdom. So we need to learn the, the spiritual concepts and principles and, and spiritual laws that we don't violate them in the kingdom of God. There's been a lot of violation right now, you know, because we're excluding this teaching from people. We're not letting them know. We're not teaching them how to prepare and be ready for what God is going to do. And that's why he says in Hosea 4 and 6, <laughs> I had to divorce my bride, the church Israel, my chosen people, because they were rejecting what I said through my prophet jo uh, Joel. That in the last days it shall come to pass, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. My sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You know what the young men are going to do. They're going to see them visions. Old men, they're going to dream them dreams. God's going to pour out his spirit on his maid servant and male servant just like he always has. He's saying if you don't teach and preach this right here, my people are going to perish because of the lack of this knowledge. And then he says in the book of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Proverbs 29 and 19 and 18, Without a vision, they perish. You need that knowledge of the kingdom of God to see what it looks like so that when it starts to manifest, we have a vision of how to be in it, how to function in it, how to operate in it. But we got to get this kingdom mindset. We got to build that up right now on these teachings of the apostles and the prophets. And we got to receive God's spirit to be able to help us. Why? When, when, when wilderness shows up, hard and difficult situations, I need the Holy Ghost to continue, man, to show me the way forward, to bring back, quicken my mortal mind, quicken my spirit with the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, so that I don't go off the tracks, man, and go and fall into sin and hurt myself. So it's very clear right here. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. No other name by which men can be saved. No, no other teaching. This right here, no tradition of teaching. None of that stuff based on ceremonies and all that stuff. None of that. None of that. But by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Amen. And he goes on to say here, man, that during this new spiritual and earthly restoration that will begin, it's going to also begin the manifestation of a brand new culture that we've never seen before. A culture that will be more, more God conscious. Okay? It'll be, beginning, it'll be the beginning of the building of a new kingdom that God is going to orchestrate. God is going to do. It'll be both heavenly and earthly. 
going to restore a lot of things in the earth right now in those old waste places. And they're going to use some of us to do it. He says, where we will all get to witness the coming together, listen to this, of the body of Christ that's all discombobulated right now. You got people worshiping Buddha. You got people over here worshiping Mary, the mother of Jesus. You got people over here, man, worshiping statues, doing all kinds of stuff, which we've seen before in Solomon's temple. Idolatry is not something new. But we're seeing people now beginning to do all these things. Work. You got devil worship out there right now. You got witches out there not being. All this stuff is going on. People are becoming parts of all these different phenomena, man. And it's leading them, man, down a dark uh, path, a dark place. And God is jealous. He can provoke the jealousy because of it. Because the voices are quiet that he's depending on to be able to foretell what has been foretold. Warn the people. Let the people know. Encourage the people. Tell them the truth that they have a chance to be free from all of that. Preach, teach, sound doctrine. We have to be the voices, church. We have to be the voices. We have to be the leaders to say that God called us to be. We go with the truth. We stick with the truth. And we stay with the truth because that's the only thing can make God's people free. We don't get caught up in our own righteousness. We don't get caught up in the leaven of the Pharisees. That leaven is the whole lump. We don't get caught up in the tradition of men, you know, with, with philosophy and excellency of speech, you know, that entice the people. But now we need a demonstration of the spirit and power of God to come through this teaching right here. But that apostolic release of the anointing of God will destroy the yoke because there's power in that word, that living word, that rhema word, that logos word. It comes off the pages. Why? Because it's coming through a spirit-filled vessel. It ain't that vessel. It's that spirit of God that's in that vessel. Speaks, goes out with power and authority. Apostolic anointed, apostolic authority. And that anointed is not for people to look at you and say how anointed you is, but it's to destroy the yoke on the people when they hear it. It ain't coming back void if it's God's word. Demons begin to tremble and when you do it in the name of Jesus. Some of us preach in the name of my pastor, my bishop, or my prophet. We don't preach in the name of Jesus. That was the problem they was having in the church when they started talking about they was Apollos was, you know, they were Apollos followers. They, you know, they were, you know, Paul said, wait a minute. Some plant, some water. That's all we do. But God gives the increase. And Jesus sent out the 70 uh, disciples in, in pairs, 35 pairs. He said, look, when you go out there, don't take no scripts. Don't take no money back. Don't go out there with the intent to beg for money. If you go out there in my name and you preach the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's what they did. And they came back and said, my God, demons tremble at this name. They were so excited. They saw the power in the name of Jesus. All this stuff we're doing right now today is not in the name of Jesus. That's why everybody got a problem with the deity of Jesus. They call him a prophet. They call him a man. They call him this. They call him that. They don't call him the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God, the only name by which men can be saved. That's the voice that God want to resurrect, the voice that will go out and preach and teach the sound doctrine, the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection foundation has already been laid by the apostles and prophets where Jesus is and he's going to throne up every building. That's the voice that's got to be restored. That's the kingdom that's got to be, uh, you know, reestablished. And he's going to do it. Amen. So he's letting us know right there that uh, during this spiritual restoration, uh, we're going to begin to see these manifestations, both of Christ and the statehood all around the world, says the Lord of the universe. And I, your God, will perform this restoration for my name's sake, says the Lord. Now let's think about something Elijah prophesied. He says, Elijah said this, he said, 
know he's in Elijah. Now, he was the man of God. He was a voice that spake. Amen. He spoke in the earth for and by the power and inspiration of God. Came to this widow's house and brought restoration and recovery to their lives. Her and her son. What are we saying here, pastors, leaders, God's ambassadors of Christ, clergy, so-called bishops, apostles, and prophets, and prophetess? What we're saying here is Elijah was just reminding the people of God that wherever a people of faith are, people who have their faith in God, not in government, not in education, not in religious system, come on, not in the economy or how much money you can make, the material stuff you can accumulate, but where a people of faith exists, there is a restoring of life, health, strength, physical, spiritual things. Economic things, governmental things, all of it will be restored and added to us. And then we also can look in the book of Luke, chapter 7, where Jesus and his disciples were entering into the city of Nain, N-A-I-N, just as a funeral procession was coming out. And I'm going to pick up this teaching in that chapter of Luke, chapter 7, next week. Don't want to go there tonight because there's a lot of verses there, but we'll pick that up next week. And we'll look at that to understand the bigger picture right here uh, of what Elijah, Elijah was, was talking about here. Wherever there is faith, right now, I don't know who we got our faith in on this earth. We're looking to the doctors. We're looking to the political leaders. We're looking to some of the clergy who don't want to say nothing right now because they don't want to rough the government. They don't want to leave that, lose that 501c3 tax exempt status. They're doing all this hiding right now. God is saying, I want you to bring your voice out and use your voice to declare to my people the victory through my son, Jesus Christ, through the promise that I made. Every generation, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. I'm not a man that I should lie, so you shouldn't be a clergy that lies. Twist the truth. Lace it down with tradition. No. Tell the people the unadulterated, infallible, authentic truth, because I want them to know the truth. I am the truth, the way, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by. That's what I'm going to restore. I'm going to make things like they're supposed to be. And I have all against you. You're not that voice. You're not preaching this, 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 this foundational truth right now. From one generation to the next, Jesus said. And so let's go ahead and prepare to close one, one more passage of Scripture, and we'll be finished for the night. And this is coming out of the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 32, the King James Bible. Let me run through this real quick, and we'll end right there. He says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about, listen to this, with every wind of doctrine. 4,200 different winds of doctrine out there right now. That's how much tradition is out there right now. Okay, ministry with, with, with bishop's names and, and apostles' names and prophets' names, naming churches after these people. God is the head of the church. Why are you going to put a man's name in the title of the church? He's letting you know right there that it ain't of God. God gave us the ministry. He gave us grassroots. He says, tell the people that this is God's house where everybody's somebody special. And that's up there on the billboard. This is God's house, new freedom in Christ. There's a new freedom to be discovered in Christ. And in God's house, you know, when it's his house, you'll discover that new freedom. Because it's God's house. It's not our house. How many years it's been in your family? It's still God's house. 
he want to perform miracles in his house, and that's what he's going to restore. I'm going to start in Jerusalem. He's got all against us right now. Our voices is promoting a different kingdom. God's got issue with that. The folks come to tell us it's abominable. It's idolatrous. It's based on the tradition of men, and it's making the glorious gospel of no effect. God is fed up. He's been provoked to jealousy, and he's going to do something about it. He's going to restore. Amen. And it goes on to say, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up unto him in all things. That's what we should be about, which is the head, Christ Jesus, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that, this is it is, which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. If you let this truth work in every part of the body, wherever there's a branch, wherever there's a branch, as long as you allow the, 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 the vein, the branch to be connected to the vine, then you will be able to bear those fruits, okay, because it comes from one source. There's only one vine. And if we abide in him and let his word abide in us, the gardener, which is God, he'll begin to prune, he'll begin to give life, he'll begin to give increase in that body. We're every part of that body now is eating the same doctrine. We're preaching the same thing. We're saying the same thing. We're one spirit. We're many body member, you know, many member body, but we're all one. One God, head, one son, Jesus, over the church and shepherd. Many members, okay, legs, arms, feet, many members, all of them supplying something to the body that the body may edify itself in love, okay, one faith, one spirit, one baptism. One body, many members, you know. That's what he's saying right there. You know, we all need each other, but we got to get connected. We've got too many winds of doctrines out there right now. Okay, we've got to bring it back right here so God can restore and make things like they're supposed to be. Every joint supplies according to the effect of working of the measure of every part, make an increase of the body into an edifying itself, building itself up. How? In love. This I say, this is what the world needs now. This is why we don't have no love because everybody's doing their own thing, going in different ways, teaching different stuff, all kinds of stuff. This I say, therefore, Paul is saying, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, thinking of all kinds of stuff to draw people to the church, having the understanding darkened. If he be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men in the earth. If I be lifted up, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. I didn't say it, it's right there. But ye have not so learned Christ, if you're doing all these things. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Nobody else that ye put off concerning the former conversations, the old man. Get out of them brotherhoods. Get out of all them places, all them organizations. Stop spreading that old worldly wisdom, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. It leads you away from Jesus and have you put your confidence in something else that's not of God. And he renewed in the spirit. There it is. And he, and be renewed in the spirit. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Let it be not conformed to the things of this world, but let it be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God, and that ye put on the new man, which 
after God has created in righteousness and true holiness, wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, be ye angry and sin not. I know some folks angry as hell at me right now for teaching this. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I'm not concerned about that right now. People are dying and going to hell unsaved. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that sold steal no more, but neither let him labor. <laughs> Working with his hands the things which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building people up, not tearing people down, not destroying and demolishing their character, you know, not putting people in certain classes of people by color and all that and income and status, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit. He want to speak. He want to speak through us. He want to use our voices. Whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Jesus coming to redeem his church. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Stop getting people to trust in those lying words. Tell them the truth with all that malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you, says the Lord. And my last scripture that comes out of the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14. Uh, 32, the King James Bible. The last scripture is in Revelation, the fifth chapter, verse 10, King James Bible, the book of Revelation. It says, and hath made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth with him. That's the new kingdom. That's what. That's our place, that we can endure to the end and be saved, that we can endure sound doctrine, okay, and we can be taught and learned, and we'll take the time. Get away from all this other stuff that leads away from, from what God is wanting to do and wanting to restore. He's already promised it. It's been foretold by the prophets. No other foundation is going to work. All this stuff we're building right now, these empires, we've seen it in the past. The history says that every empire was destroyed because it, it, it honored man and didn't honor God. So he's going to have to come and build his kingdom and establish his kingdom in the earth the way he wants it. And we're going to be a part of that and we can endure can endure sound doctrine right now. Build on it. Stand on it. Confess it. Profess it. Put it in our hearts. Wait on God. It'll manifest. All right, then. Well, that's going to end the teaching for tonight. Amen. We give God praise. We give God glory. Come back next week. We'll pick up 